Ukulele Tales with John Atkins. Hello, it's me, John Atkins, the ukulele teacher. Welcome to Ukulele Tales, my podcast sponsored by Carla. Visit carlabrand.com forward slash uteacher for a 10% discount on anything on the Carla website. Now, today we're speaking to a really exciting young player, Marlo. Back in 2018, Marlo released her debut EP, Moments, which drew attention from the ukulele world and even won an award at the Nahoko Hanahano Awards in Hawaii. Well, just a couple of weeks ago, she released the reimagined version of that title track, but this time performed by a full orchestra. Now, it's absolutely stunning, very, very emotional, and you simply have to go and check it out right now on Spotify or Apple Music or wherever you get your music from. It's called Moments Reimagined, and it's performed by the Budapest Scoring Orchestra. In fact, there's actually a full video of it up on Marlowe's YouTube channel, and I know it's a really proud moment for her to be releasing this. So I'm also very, very happy that she's here on the podcast this week. Now, I was actually planning on speaking to Marlo in person last year at the NAM Music Convention, but unfortunately, she had just lost her voice. So we had to postpone that chat and record it remotely a couple of months later. Now, I'll be back in a little bit to talk more about NAM uh, and other things that I'm up to. But for now, here's part one of my conversation with Marlo. I pretty much lost my voice the day before on that Wednesday, and I just kind of didn't have it. And it just progressively got worse throughout the weekend, which I had hoped it would have gotten better. But yeah, it was it was fun, but communicating was definitely um, a struggle on my end, but I'm doing much better now. I was reading an interview with you when I was getting ready for this, and you kind of said quite sort of definitively, I do not sing. I so I get I guess what I say I don't sing I don't sing when I do my Marlowe stuff my ukulele stuff I just always kind of stuck to instrumental but I started a singing side project that doesn't involve any of my ukulele stuff or Marlowe stuff back in 2021 I yeah I I sang when I was younger and mm-hmm. I've always enjoyed it um, and I don't know, I feel like I got scared after some <laughs> singing recital. I, from what I can remember the last time that I sang publicly, I was three years old. Oh, wow. Okay. So it's three. a deep, deep seated um, trauma, right? I feel like, yeah, I, for whatever reason, I feel like I just got scared. Kind of a shyer kid growing up. So maybe that played into it, but I sang Rudolph and then after that, it was like no singing for anyone could just never get myself to do it. And then um 2021 i don't know if if we were even in lockdown still kind of coming out of that pandemic i had just worked on producing a lot and i was producing this kind of pop beat instrumental and i wrote a hook to it Mm -hmm. and i laid down vocals and i remember listening back and kind of being like oh wait maybe maybe i could do something with with this and and so I dropped it without really any hints that I was singing I I just 
I kind of really, I had really cryptic posts leading up to it that something was about to drop and, um, it was me singing and my family and everyone was like, what? Oh, <laughs> Is wow. that you actually singing? And, um, yeah, I, I had that. And then a year later I released another song of me singing that I, uh, collaborated with Brittany Paivon. Oh, cool. Um, okay. Did yeah. The production. Yeah. 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 And it, we, we did that last year and I have more than I'm sitting on. I'm just, I, because it's still out of my comfort zone in a lot of ways, I want it to be really, really perfect. And, um, yeah, I don't know. I'm very new to the songwriting and the singing. I don't know when or if I'll ever be able to get the guts to do it in person, but it's, it's fun to at least release and have a different extension of myself that I've never really presented to the, the world, the public. Yeah. You've done a lot of collabs with people, right, over the years. So did people even know it was you singing? I have done a lot of collaborations, and I feel like no one really knew. It, had I just played it, maybe they wouldn't have thought it was me. But when I dropped it, I was like, hey, this is me singing. This is something I'm really proud of, and I felt so compelled to share. And um, the responses I had, like I said, most of from which my family came were is that actually you singing? What this, that's, it was, it was a shock to my mom and dad. I shared it with my brother before I had released it and he was like, Oh, this is really different. And, Mm. um, yeah, I don't know. I always sang for myself and just sang in my room playing guitar and just, like I said, couldn't really get the guts to share anything even if it was just a track or a video. And for some reason, the song Cycles, I just felt like I really wanted to share it because I was really proud of it. And regardless of what anyone had thought about it, I was super proud and um, proud that I even wanted to post it. I remember moments before I actually did the reveal that, hey, I sang this, I helped produce it, I wrote this, I was like, maybe I just back out and I don't actually share it. And I I did. And um, it was a really fun process, kind of keeping it to myself for so long. Um, My roommate didn't know. I remember I had her do my hair for the promo pictures and the single artwork that I took. She's like, what is this for? It's like, you'll find out (laughs) soon. And um, I kept it very, very, um, yeah, under wraps. Amazing. I can't believe it. So right up to the 11th hour, you might not have even gone ahead with it in the end. I was really nervous, like very, very nervous because it was so different. And I I went to music school. Um, most of my friends are the best vocalists I know, mm-hmm. and I have a lot of respect for them. And uh, yeah, just nervous is like, what are they going to, these great vocalists, what are they going to think? And um, I... Yeah, just the nerves with, I think singing is such a vulnerable expression of music and um, yourself because it's your voice. You know, I play, when I play ukulele, it's just, I don't know, I'm kind of behind the instrument playing it, whereas I'm singing, that's coming from me and my body. And there's just something so... um, vulnerable and impressive about it and Mm -hmm. i if i felt like if one day i was ever going to release something 
singing that I wanted to make sure it was really good and that I was really proud of it. And it had a great response, <laughs> which, great. Was, good. which was so nice. Um, yeah. So I, it's something that I've continued to kind of work on and have only shared every, you know, twice now. And I have more along the way. But again, I just want to make it, you know, something each song that I put out singing, I want to make sure that I'm really proud of it. And yeah, I want to share. But it's going to be a while before you sing live, you think? I, it's, it, it, it'll probably be a while. It's something that I just, well, even just sitting with friends, uh, go to sing and I just can't really get me to actually sing, you know, like I'll jokefully sing or kind of like half sing. So I don't know. It, that would be, I mean, I still get nervous playing ukulele. And so I couldn't, right now, I don't know if I could imagine myself getting up in front of a crowd yeah, <laughs> to sing yeah. any of my songs. I would like to one day. I think I fantasize about that. And I always have about singing and performing in front of a crowd. It's just kind of getting out of my own way. That is what I need to work on. Isn't that really interesting, listening to an accomplished musician like Marlo say that they still suffer from nerves and really need to work on getting out of their own way? Now, obviously, Marlo is a terrific performer and puts on great shows with her ukulele, but it's amazing that even someone as accomplished as her still finds that there are elements of performing that she doesn't enjoy. Now, I hope that inspires some of you guys to take that leap into something new and exciting this year. I just realized we didn't do our New Year's resolution show yet. So if there are ideas or things or goals that you want to accomplish in 2024, then let me know because I'd love to read them out on this podcast and perhaps together we can give each other some accountability. One of my goals in general for 2024 and beyond is to do some live episodes of this podcast as I think it would be a really great fun thing to do for me and hopefully for you guys, the listeners. And to that end, it looks like I'm going to be doing at least one in the not-too-distant future, as I'll be at the Allegheny Soiree in Altoona, Pennsylvania this April, along with several other top uke musicians. And I'll be doing at least one live podcast show there. So if you're going to that festival, I'd love to see you. I'll throw out some more information about that soon. But that is one of my New Year's resolutions right there. And fingers crossed, I'll be ticking it off sooner rather than later. Talking of traveling, I'll be also heading to Nam in pretty much exactly one week. Wow. Uh, it's a huge music industry convention. And in fact, it's where I met Marlo last year, like I said earlier. I know lots of you guys often head over there too. So if you're going to be at Nam, then please give me a shout and let me know as I'd love to say hello. So as ever, if you want to get in touch with me with your resolutions or say hello or give some ideas about the show or want to meet up at Nam, drop me a line to uketeacher at grabyouryuke.com. And I do reply to all of your emails eventually. And if you want to help just support the podcast, then go ahead and tip me a few dollars on patreon.com slash uketeacher. You get a little bit of backstage gossip, early access to the shows, and even a few bonus chats, such as the extra 10 minutes with James Hill all the way back on episode one, talking in depth about how he put together his infamous Billy Jean arrangement. And if you can't afford that, no worries. Another great way to help out the show is simply share it with your uke-loving friends and communities. If you're a part of a ukulele community or club or Facebook page or whatever, 
Just tell your friends about the show and encourage them to check it out for themselves. Ukulele Tales with me, the ukulele teacher. Okay, I've interrupted long enough. Let's get back to my chat with Marlo as it's about to get really interesting, especially if you're a fan of Jake Shimabukuru. Let's take it back a back a step then. So when did you actually get started in music? I feel it must have been from like a really young age if you're performing in public at three years old. <laughs> yeah, I, I, so my dad was a music, musician. He is, and he was in a band, uh, you know, for so long. And so he's always played music and I've just kind of was born into that. So okay. I always had instruments drums pianos guitars yeah at my disposal in his uh studio in the basement is it a band we might have heard of by the way or i don't know they are pretty popular where i'm from michigan um but they originated in owasso they're called west wind okay maybe there's someone that knows Um, maybe yeah you never know you never know you never know but yeah so they you know i always had those things accessible and music is a big part of my dad's life and he definitely instilled that into my brother and I my mom doesn't play but she's been to she's seen everyone in concert literally I mean you could name it and she's probably seen them so um big musical family in that regard and I there's baby photos of me holding a guitar on my dad's lap playing drums um I from my first memory of actually wanting to pursue learning an instrument. Um, I believe I was eight and my dad brought home my first acoustic guitar. And from there I, it, yeah, became what it is. So I, it's been a long time. And who taught, did he teach you or did he sort of pick it up yourself or? He, you know, he, he taught me some things for sure. I think I, and how I've always kind of approached it, I've always just wanted to learn on my own, but he had taught me a lot on the piano and bass and drums and guitar. I would say definitely I I did most of the learning on my own. Again, very shy, very to myself um, and just have really loved learning and, um, yeah, learning learning stuff on my own for some. I've always been independent in that way. Yeah. So you said you had like you know guitars and drums and pianos at your disposal or keyboards or whatever. When did you get hold of the ukulele? Um, I was fourteen. I was either going into high school or finishing my freshman year of high school, and my dad and I were at Guitar Center, and there was a stand of <laughs> ukuleles and. That just wasn't really a thing before, you know, going into the guitar center, we would go all the time and it would just be your typical drums, piano, guitar, bass. Um, It was the first time that I'd seen one. And during that time, I had a lot of people, you know, say, oh, you should learn how to play. And I had kind of shooed it away for for whatever reason. I think I was just very infatuated with the guitar at the time that I felt like I was like, why would I play the ukulele when I when I play the guitar and. Um, yeah, I saw it in person. I picked one up and was like, okay, this is, I wasn't enamored yet. My dad had got it for me, like a used one and I brought it home. It didn't 
get me right away. It was probably like a month until it really got me and I saw Jake and Calais and all these all the amazing ukulele players that we we know. I saw them on YouTube and was just really taken back and was like, you can play what on the, you could do what with the ukulele. It just seems so far fetched and, and out of this world to me that I kind of just made it a mission to learn how to play like that just cause it just seems so wild to me. And then through that, I couldn't get enough and just really fell in love with learning about it and discovering, you know, all the, all the great players. That's cool. Yeah, I was wondering sort of what sort of stuff you played to begin with, because you are, I guess, the only what I can think of as sort of like a, a virtuoso player. So it's, but it feels to me like most people start off with the kind of C, A minor, F and G chord, sort of strumming along to like a couple of their favorite songs or whatever. So what, what did you begin with when you started playing? I very much dove right in as, as crazy as I could. Um, I kind of, and still today, like I'm, almost backtracking in a way and starting off with basics um, just because I was, I mean, I would, this was before YouTube had the feature where you could actually do the video in slow motion, but I just watched Jake Shimabukuro play and I would pause every millisecond and I watched, you know, where he was placing his hands and how he strummed. So a lot of just how I learned was watching his videos and then watching Britney's and Clay's and Chris Fuchigami. I, as I discovered them, I just started studying all their different techniques and how they strummed and plucked. And um, yeah, a lot of it was just sitting down long hours on YouTube and getting through a three minute video in like two hours because I was hitting pause as often as I could. And then there was other, I will say alongside that, I discovered Ukulele Underground with Aldrin, and okay, yeah, that was yeah. a big, big resource for me, um, something that I still reference, and uh, ukulelehunt.com, which was another one, which oh, had- Oh, yeah, I used to love that uh, one, actually. Yeah, yeah. So good. Great yeah. tabs, great yeah. history stuff to read on there, and um, just a lot of, you know, he has those eBooks of, like, bluegrass and mm-hmm. jazz i believe and so i just i kind of really stuck in those three lanes a lot of ukulele underground a lot of ukulele hunt and then just really studying everyone and their songs and how they played i feel like a lot of people kind of think oh you know these people like you know you or jake or whoever they're lucky they're they're super talented you know they, they, they don't have to work for it but to hear you sort of say oh yeah i spent you know two hours watching a three minute video just to get every millisecond down. I think that should be really, you know, encouraging to people uh, who kind of think, how will I ever get that good? Yeah. I mean, I still am trying to, you know, get even better as much as I can. And I I still do. I sit there and I just listen and I watch and um, yeah, I mean, you can, I say you can do whatever you want to do or put your mind to. And it's just, I think putting in the time and, uh, I mean, I remember one of the longest ventures I had into learning a song was Jake's arrangement of Bohemian Rhapsody. Oh, which, don't tell me you've learned that, really. <laughs> I, I learned it, and now I'm relearning it because I hadn't played it in so long. And I was like, wow, that is like, that was such an amazing arrangement. Yeah, and yeah. so I've gone through and just tried to relearn it now that it's been so many years later. And did you have and taps for that, or did you pick it up yourself? Watched, 
I watched it on his TED Talk performance that he has of it. And I that was, for example, one of the videos that I spent. I mean, that I spent months just yeah. pausing and, and looking and watching. And I <laughs> would stay home from school. Like, oh, I don't feel good. And that's all I would do is all day, just hours, hours playing pretty much till my fingers would bleed, like trying to figure out how to play it and how he was moving along the fretboard, um, especially when the camera wasn't, it was on just his face and not the ukulele. So it's, yeah, I mean, it's my favorite, still one of my favorite ways to learn um, is just watching other great players put on a great performance. Yeah. I think it helps for sure. And have you met uh, Jake or played with him or anything at all? I have. I met him a couple times. It's funny. Anytime that I had met him, it was a pivotal part of like my journey. So like the first time I met him, I either had just played or was going to play the talent show at my high school. And again, very shy. Mm. I didn't do the, so I was a new kid, sophomore year of high school. I didn't do the talent show then. Junior year came around. I was like, I think I'm going to do it. And I think I'm going to play my ukulele, which was my first official like performance on a stage in front of, you know, quote unquote, bigger audience, my high school. Mm-hmm. And um, I played one of his songs, Bring Your Ads. And I was, uh, my dad, my brother, my stepmom and I, we were on a road trip um, on the East Coast. And one of his shows happened to fall in one of the stops that we were in. So I was like, dad, we should go see the show. So we did. End of the show, it was me and um, another kid there just kind of waiting um, to, to see Jake just playing with our ukuleles, just kind of playing a song. And he walked up in between us and Jake was like, can I play with you? Oh, like, wow. Okay. St- yeah, insane. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I feel like I don't get super starstruck, but that has to be the top moment for me as my idol wants to play with me. This is crazy. Um, and so we played and then I told him how I was going to do the talent show or just did and, how it was his song, and he asked me to play it for him, which couldn't think of a more intimidating thing. Yeah, to right. Do yeah, play his song for him, and um, I did. And you know, he showed me some new tricks and through his arrangements. And then after that, like I, I saw him when I right before I was going to audition for colleges, and then after that, I was in college, and I saw him like two weeks into my you know being a freshman and. Um, just kind of, I've seen him along big pivotal parts of my journey and career. So it, yeah, it feels kind of special that, that I've get, I've gotten to share those moments with him. My biggest inspiration. Yeah. That's amazing. He's such a generous guy. Um, I interviewed him for this podcast actually at a festival. I don't know when it was last summer or something. And he'd been in a car all day, like, you know, 10 or 11 hours, I think. Then he sat down, did an interview with me at his hotel, and he just arrived. And we were sort of chatting for like, I don't know, an hour or something. And then this is like 11 o'clock at night. Um, a fan who's also at the festival, but also staying at the same hotel, was like sat in the lobby watching us. And obviously he came up to Jake and said, oh, you know, sorry to bother you, but I'm a huge fan and I've been playing one of your, I think it was like a Led Zeppelin arrangement, or an arrangement of one of his songs anyway. <laughs> Can I show it to you? And Jake's like, oh, yeah, no problem, man. Let's go and, like, you know, let's go and jam together or whatever. So even after, like, all the stuff that he's been through, he just seems to be, like, so happy to just play the ukulele with other people and listen to and watch other people as well. Yeah, and so generous and just, like, 
Yeah, so you could just tell that he loves the instrument and he's such a pioneer for it. And it's, yeah, any interaction that I've had, I've always been grateful for. And he remembers like, oh, so you did this last time. Now you're here. Like he just, he's very attentive and yeah, he's just, he's, he's very amazing player, amazing human. So when did you start to, I guess, compose and release your music? Like I said, I went to music school. And the production students, um, I don't know kind of what semester or what year that they did it, but essentially they would reach out to other students um, and record an album or an EP. And so I had met my friend Cody Scharf, who uh, reached out and he's like, hey, I have to do this project. Do you have any, would you be interested in recording an album? And I was like, yeah, let's let's do it. And so him and I were in the studios at the college a lot. And we recorded this, I want to say this eight or nine song album. And okay. um, it was super fun. And it was like my first real experience kind of doing it in a studio, not, you know, through an interface in my bedroom. Yeah. Um, and so him and I just kind of learned together. And I ended up throwing... Uh, a little um, album release party for it. I went to school in St. Paul, Minnesota, and oh, it no was okay. yeah. so much. It was so much fun. I released it around, right around the time that uh, it was school's about to start. So I was now a sophomore, and you know I was in orientation later. So I got to you know kind of promote it like to the new students and stuff. And it was so much fun, like with my friends and new friends that I had made, and just. I have so much love for the city of St. Paul. So it was, it was a really fun show. And then from there I worked on my last release, which I consider my debut album moments. Um, I worked again with my friend Cody and uh, yeah, that's, I've kind of, it's been a few years since I've released it, but yeah, I would say 2015, 2016 was the first time that I really, release something and then moments came out in 2018 and we got stuff on the way <laughs> that i've been working on for a while now yeah that was nominated for or awarded as best hawaiian music ep what a crazy thing and what a crazy honor um that that happened moments like i said i really felt like it was my debut and i would you know i'm proud of those songs and i just recently listened to it myself. I have a hard time listening and watching myself, but mm. I was driving through Mulholland Drive and I was like, you know, I never listened to this. Let me let me listen to it and just just see like, you know, where I've come as far as my writing and my playing now that I'm kind of in a world of new stuff that I'm working on. Mm. And yeah, I was just yeah, very, very honored. And I remember when I got the letter that it was nominated and then actually going to the awards was was huge. And just kind of that whole journey and chapter, I look back on so fondly because that was such a crazy time. And I would have never imagined that moments would have gotten that nomination. Was that in Hawaii? Yeah, it was uh, it was in it was on Oahu is where okay. it was held. It was, it was amazing. I went with my mom who comes with me to just about everything. Um, I feel like she's only missed two shows and that's when I went to Australia, but everything else, she comes to every Nam, 
Um, I went with her and then my best friend um, also came with me. So it was, it was a really great moment to, I don't know, you, you think back on it where I think about the first time that I stepped on my high school auditorium stage to play one song, mm-hmm. you know, scared at 17 and then uh, however old I was at the Nahoku's was like 21, 22. It, it's, it's crazy, the, the journey. So how did you end up playing in Australia? What were you doing there? Was that a festival as well or something? Yeah, I um, I first reached out uh, to the Nukulele Festival in Newcastle, Australia. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, they're like, yeah, I mean, if you want to come and play, we'd love to have you. And it went over so well. I absolutely adore that festival. I love Australia. I would move there tomorrow if someone was like, hey, your bags are packed. Oh, really? That's cool. Yeah. Okay. I I really love, I love all the people and their love for the ukulele. And yeah, I went and I was only there. It was the first time that I was (laughs) ever traveled out of the country. Um, and I was by myself. And so it was a heck of a trek to get there. Um, but it was amazing. And it was one of my favorite festivals I ever played. Um, and I was only there for like five days, but it was beautiful. I had a wonderful host family and, um, yeah, so so much fun to play that stage. I would absolutely love to go back and play that festival anytime. I mean, all again, all of Australia. I would just love to go do a little tour. I think that's on my radar for something someday. So, do you do a lot of festivals then? Because I guess I met you. Well, I don't think I don't think we met, but I saw you at the LA festival. It's been a you know, it's been a while since I've consistently um, done festivals, but I've played I played quite a quite a few good ones. Um, ukulele in uh australia mm-hmm. i played blue mountains right before the pandemic hit which was in blue mountains uh kind of sydney area australia oh, right, okay. yeah 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 um i've done the la uke fest a couple times uh which i absolutely love i did it um the year before i moved out to la so it was kind of it was kind of fun to to get a sneak peek um i have played a couple times. My first festival ever that I played was Mighty Uke Day in Michigan. Oh, cool. Okay. Yeah. 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 Which is where I'm from. So it was like, it's a fun hometown show and I'm actually playing it um, in a couple weeks. So I'm really excited to come back and uh, yeah, play for friends, family, old friends. I love the Mighty Uke Day yeah. festival and community. Um, ben is great. So it's always a pleasure when he asks if I would like to come and play. It's such a great great festival it's i i did it um the first time i want to say was in 2016 Mm -hmm. and yeah what a what an amazing first uh big show that i i got to have and so i always kind of have to credit ben and um mighty uke day like they really helped me platform you know my music and i it a lot of people had kind of found me through that. And so I have a lot of love for, for them. So why did you move to L.A.? Was that to sort of make it in music? I mean, music was definitely, you know, a driver for sure. I'll make a really long story short. Okay. I went to school in Minnesota. Yeah. Um, my school closed down halfway through, like, me attending it. And oh, wow. So okay, yeah. It, I went home. Uh, about halfway through my sophomore year or junior year and um, 
I ended up being at home for a year and a half and it kind of stunted a lot of what I was going to try and do because it just happened so abruptly. Going home, I was able to travel. I did a lot of my festival travels from Michigan mm. um, and I finished moments in Michigan and kind of coordinated that. So it was, you know, I made it work as as a home base. Um, but I was just ready to get out there and take it as far as I, as I could. And I had spoken with a lot of music industry professionals, if you will, for business things. I'm also, I also do photography. So it was kind of outreaching for not only my music, but also music business, photography, and just kind of, I like to dip, dip my toes into a lot of areas of the music industry. I just, that's my favorite thing ever. So I, the more conversations I was having through social media and emails was turned into, yeah, that sounds great. We want to work. Let, let us know when you're in LA. And so it, it just felt at some point that I just knew that it was a place that I wanted to just try out. One of my good friends from college, she, her and I had always talked about moving to LA and she had reached out and we were talking and we're like, should we just, should we just do it? I feel like we should just do it. We, you know, we're removed from the college closing. We're both at home. We're both hungry to get out there and, you know, really get into music full time. And it was a really quick turnaround. It was like a month, maybe a month where we, I don't know, she, she lives in Vegas. She was from Vegas. She drove out to California. She toured the apartments. She was interviewing for jobs. I was working for Apple at the time. I told my management that I was interested in transferring. I got the transfer. And then, yeah, like I said, in about a month, I drove out to California and have been here since. And I got here right before the pandemic hit. So that also kind of stunted some things. Oh, but yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that was music for sure. I was I wanted to see if I could make something happen yeah. out here. No, I guess it's just something you have to do when you're young as well. Like, I mean, I did, I moved to London when I was, you know, sort of early 20s. And I moved to LA as well. Well, that was, it was to get married, but it is crazy just how many more opportunities opportunities there are in general in a big city, you know? Absolutely. Again, you know, Machine was great. I just the opportunities weren't right there. You mm. know, I, when I'm here in LA, they're right here. So I can, I can go to them quick, quickly. And there's so many good networking opportunities. Yeah. And, um, yeah, I've just, it's, I mean, it's definitely a, it's can be hard to navigate and this is, you know, three years in, this is the first year I feel like I can call it home. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and mean that. So it's been a journey for sure. Like I said, going into lockdown pretty much as soon as I came out, that was a bit discouraging, but my mom, she was like, just stay out there. When everything opens up, you're already going to be there. And she was right as she always is. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. Mom's I, the best, right? Moms know best. And even through like the, the harder times when stuff and people weren't as accessible, I still had great opportunities that I would not have had had I went home during that time. So you're going to stay there for a while, you think? I think so. I just, um, I kind of just went officially full time in the music industry. So outside of, thank you. Thank you. Outside of um, my ukulele and, and being an artist and performer, I work with another artist, um, kind of more on the business side and management side. And um, 
day-to-day assistant-y. I do everything and everything is everything and anything is what I tell people. Yeah. Um, and so I'm, I'm working with him, which I'm learning a lot through that, uh, oh, that's cool. which is, he's a DJ. So it's complete opposite world of yeah. the world that I know. So it's been, um, yeah, I think with that, I think I'm going to be here for a little bit, which is okay. I feel like I could end here in LA and I know though there's a lot of other places in the world and the you know the country that I would love to to explore as well. I mean, you say it's completely different to what you do, but you're a bit of a musical chameleon, aren't you? I mean, you, there's a lot of like sort of hip hop, and then you've got some sort of uh, you know twee ukulele stuff, and then there's like the virtuoso stuff. You've done your your covers, your original music. Um, who who are you as a musician? What what are your influences? I guess my influences. Yeah, I mean. As far as ukulele, definitely Jake and Brittany and Chris and Kalei. Those are, they've definitely been the people that I've looked to. Andrew, Molina, mm-hmm. yeah. um, those are, you know, players that I've always adored and I've always learned from. And again, also very giving and, and gracious um, and just want to see each other win. I love that about this community. Um, so as far as like the instrumental and playing, definitely them. Um as far as my singing and what I'm making, like as my side project, I'm maybe it's a cliche, but I like pop music. Um, there's this uh, artist from New Zealand named Benny. I love her, um, the you know the way that she sings and writes, and and her production is a big inspiration. Um, I grew up on really great music, you know. The Beatles, uh, Motley Crue, which is definitely big like rock influence. When I break out the distortion and and crazy pedals, yeah. Um, I listen to a lot of Prince, Michael Jackson, and Vogue. Um, and Vogue, okay, yeah, that's a blast from the past for me. But yeah, yeah. I love En Vogue. So yeah. I, I, uh, yeah, I've I've been really exposed through my parents and my friends yeah. and family and going to a music school like a lot of great jazz and blues i was gonna say um, do you are you into zappa at all frank zappa frank zappa uh you know i haven't listened too much but i feel like maybe i should well no the reason i ask is i was listening to battle royale right um mm. and i was like oh that's a bit i think i can hear a bit of zappa in that so I thought maybe that was like one of your, you know, influences, but I guess not if if it's not something you've heard too much. No, I that song I, you know, I feel like I took inspiration from Jake's kind of like flamenco playing. Okay. Um and just kind of like the crazier, more fast percussive rhythmic stuff that he does. I've always it's always been my favorite of his and I wrote that in college and I remember there was a dispute between friends and mm. I kind of wrote based on that and I wanted something that drove and was just kind of angsty in a way. And yeah, yeah so that I feel like I, I write a lot. I also get inspired by experience um, and people and moments that all those songs really were inspired by moments and situations um, and stories of kind of people and friends. Mm-hmm. And I don't know, I, it's hard to explain. I just kind of would write based off the feeling or the emotions that I was feeling with that. So yeah, I'm inspired by a ton, like a 
big array of music. There are artists and vocalists that I really adore, um, but I do feel like my biggest inspiration is just observing and mm. people and moments. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, something you mentioned a second ago, which I actually had as like my sort of first question I was going to ask you, I completely forgot about it, but was the pedals. That's kind of something you're famous for, right? Yeah, I, I kind of stumbled into that and really put I put out a ton of videos using them and and kind of turning the sound of the ukulele into something totally different. Um, yeah, I I remember I did I did a Cardi B song and I was just messing around and I plugged my ukulele into this pedal that I had gotten from. Uh, he, he was a professor of mine in college and he, I'm not sure if he still works there, but it's kind of this boutique pedal company called Zvex FX. Mm -hmm. And I went and I tested hundreds of pedals, um, at their facility and I got to take one home and jokingly to myself when I was practicing, I plugged it in and played it over this Cardi B song and I made a video and I posted it and people were like, Oh, this is it's pretty crazy. This goes, this goes pretty hard. And I just kind of kept with it with other songs. And, um, I've yet to really incorporate the crazy stuff, if you will, into my live sets, but it's something I want to explore when I start playing a bit more. Out. Yeah. So what pedals do you use? I definitely use a lot of distortion. I still use that ZFX pedal. Yeah. Um, I always had a loop. I used to play with a loop pedal a lot live and I don't anymore, but that was the first pedal that I kind of discovered. Um, I think Clay did a cover, like a One Republic cover on YouTube. And mm -hmm. that was the first time I'd saw someone play with one. And so I had that. I remember I learned Britney's arrangement of Teenage Dream that she does with the pedal and um, yeah, so I, I still have one with me. Um, so I use the loop pedal. I've kind of used different brands and versions of it. Um, I use the Zvex distortion, super crunchy, really grungy. Um, and then I use a H9 Eventide effects pedal, which has so many different modulations and soundscapes if mm, you will that you yeah. can use with it's super unique and really cool it can really build out um like a really beautiful yeah soundscape okay so last question then i guess is uh what's next for marlo i have been working on my next album for years at this point yeah um, but similar to my singing project that i've been doing which i call yellow um i want to make sure these songs are just really good I want to make sure they're as close to perfect as I can get them. Moments where that's a collection of so songs about other people. And these next songs that you're going to hear that I'm going to present to the world are definitely about me and what I've experienced kind of from moments and the crazy whirlwind that that was from the Nahokus to coming home um, after my school closing to me moving to LA. You're kind of through the instrumentals, I feel like this is going to be a really good uh, project of just learning about who I am now as an artist. Um, so yeah, I have another album on the way. I have a few singles for my other uh, singing project that are coming out. And yeah, I'm just kind of being really uh, protective of them right now. And I will release them very soon to share.
So what a great chat with Marla that was, and I really hope she'll be putting out that new music soon, though I totally understand how protective you can become over your own music and how hard it is to sort of let it out into the world. But we, as fans, can't wait to hear it, can we? So Marlo, please, I hope you'll be putting out that music soon. As I said earlier, next week I'll be heading back very briefly to Anaheim, California, just outside LA, for the NAM convention, where I'll be checking out the latest in the music and ukulele world, and hopefully meeting up with fellow musicians from all over the world. I'd love to meet up with you, so if you're going to be there, drop me a line to uketeacher.com at grabyouryuke.com. And hey, by the way, if this is the first episode you've ever checked out, be sure to have a little peek through the archives as I really have spoken to some top, top names in the ukulele community. James Hill, Jake Shimabakuru, Cynthia Lynn, Victoria Vox, just to name a handful off the top of my head. And I've even spoken with some incredible musicians who you might not necessarily think of as part of the ukulele scene as such, but are absolutely vital ukulele musicians like children's BBC star Nick Cope, Paul Simon's bass guitar player Bugizi Kamalo, and Danny Weinkoff of They Might Be Giants. So go back and check those ones out, especially if you haven't heard them before. Uh, talking of which, who would you like to hear me chat to in the future? Drop me a message to uketeacher at grabyouryuke.com with ideas for future guests, or indeed any thoughts about the podcast, and I will do my best to get your favourites here on the show. Thanks again to Carla for sponsoring us, and as ever, head to carlabrand.com slash uketeacher for a 10% discount on anything on their wonderful website. I'll be back again soon with some more great ukulele chats for you. And until next time, I love you all, and I wish you the best.